0: Enjoy.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Dragnet. Your detective sergeant. You're assigned a robbery detail. For the past ten days, a gunman has been terrorizing the downtown area of your city. You know he's armed and dangerous. Your job? Stop him.
2: Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department... You will travel step-by-step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files, From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action.
3: It was Tuesday, October 5th. It was raining in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of robbery details. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Chief Detective Stad Brown. My name's Friday. I was on my way back from Metropolitan Division. It was 7.56 p.m. when I got to the city hall. Robbery squad room.
2: Hey, buddy, you didn't have to make a special trip in to bring the
3: tie. Well, I might have forgot it tomorrow and left it in the car again. Here you are. Oh, thanks. Hey, the card's still in the box, one. No. Hey, look at this. Real pretty. Go good with my brown suit. Real silk, too, huh? Mm hmm. That's a pretty clever idea putting a name on a tie like that, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I used to do the same thing with ink and paper when I was a kid. You know, put a gob of ink on the paper and then fold it over. Mm Mm-hmm. I got some pretty weird-looking pictures. This name business makes a nice, neat tie pattern, don't you think, Joe? Yeah, if you don't mind the switch. On the name, you mean? Yeah. No. Unless you're looking for it, you wouldn't know it said Joe Friday. Here, take a look. See, this is going to happen to be when I'm wearing it. It's kind of hard to see. Yeah, well, as long as you're satisfied, you're the one that's going to wear it. Well, sure. Looks great to me. First, if you're going to turn your head sideways and read it, then you can see it says Joe Friday, but I don't think people are going to go to all that trouble. you think so? No, I don't think so. Did you talk stoner? Yeah, says i will meet us later. All right, better get going, huh? Yeah. Want to get your coat? It's coming down pretty hard out there. Right.
4: You think it'll keep the suspect inside?
3: I don't know. It isn't going to work for us. Hot shot. I got it. Let's go. Two eleven at Flower and 14th. Frank and I left the office and drove out to the address. It was a small neighborhood liquor store. In spite of the heavy rain, a large crowd had already gathered in front of the place. We parked our car and tried to get into the store. Right, we'll let us through, let through here, folks, please. Now, stop pushing. There's no reason to give
1: you a special pass. Police
3: officer, let us, let us through. Oh, I didn't know. It's all right. Let us through
1: here. I've been around. I've seen a lot of tough guys, but there was something wrong with this fellow.
3: It's back there, Joe. no. Yeah.
1: You call the ambulance yet? Can't we do something for poor Claude? Don't just let him lay there.
3: You from downtown? That's right. Friday and Smith Central robbery. Did you answer the call? Me and my partner. Is that him outside? That's right. You get a description? It's out. Okay. Ain't anybody gonna ask me what happened? Yes, sir. Just a minute, please. Seems all you fellas are interested in is what the guy looked like. Don't nobody want to know what happened? Yes, sir. We do if you'll wait just a minute, please. No choice.
4: Anything more I can do here?
3: No, not right now.
4: Okay. I'll be outside if you need anything.
3: Right, thanks. All right, sir. You want to tell us? About time. What's that? All this running around and yelling. Wonder you fellas don't catch anybody. Don't slow down long enough for me to tell you what happened. Uh-huh. You want to go ahead? Worst thing
1: I ever saw in my whole life. Most terrible. Yes, yeah, sir. Were you alone in the store when the shooting occurred? No. Well, who else was there? Claude, Anita, and me. Claude's the victim. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hmm. That's him there. Yes, yeah, sir. Don't you think somebody ought to do something for him? Seems like the ambulance
3: ought to be here. Well, he's dead, sir. Claude? That's right. You've got to catch the fellow who had done this. Most brutal thing I ever saw. No reason for any of it. That guy was off his rocker. You mentioned somebody named Anita. She's still here? Yeah, in the back room. She wasn't feeling too good. Almost scared
1: her half to death. Went back there to take an aspirin and lay down. Scared. I wonder if we could talk to her. You have to? Yes, sir. Okay. I'll go get her. You just wait here. Anita? Anita? It's me, Hamley. Can you come out? Police, they want to talk
3: to you. We don't like to bother you, lady. We'll try to be as brief as possible.
5: It's all right.
3: Would you give us your name? This is Miss Anita Blaine. I'm Hanley Dawson. I don't think you told us your name. Miss Frank Smith, my name's Bridie. Howdy, Is there anything we can get for you, Miss Blaine?
6: No, I'm all right now.
3: All right. Would you tell us what happened? We was back at the counter playing a game of cribbage. You and the victim? Yeah, me and Claude. His full name's Claude Langford. We was there playing the game. Were you in the store at the time?
7: No, I came in later. I'm trying
3: to tell you in the
1: right order. Can't do it if you're going to keep interrupting. All right, you go right ahead. Oh, we were having a good game. Claude was ahead, already made the first turn. Oh, my crib and I really had a good hand. Might have caught him. Yes, sir. We were just about to play the hand when the door opened. Kind of surprising. Why's that?
3: Didn't figure anybody would be out on a night like this. I see. It was this young kid. All right, go ahead. Come in and ask me where we kept the canned nuts. You know, cashews and almonds? Yes, sir. Pointed it out for him, and he went over to have a look. Mm-hmm. Claude and me started back to the game, but the kid found what he wanted, and he'd come up to the counter. All right. I got up to wait on him. Handed me a $5 bill for two cans of peanuts. Yeah. Opened the register to get change. That's when he pulled the gun. And where'd he have the gun? In his overcoat pocket. It was funny, though. And not funny, ha-ha, but funny. Odd. You know? How do you mean that? Well, you know how most raincoats have a little slit in the pocket so you can reach into your pants' pockets without unbuttoning your raincoat? Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, the kid unbuttoned his coat and reached right through the slit with the gun. Kind of like this. See? See? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, what did he say when he showed you the gun? Like this.
1: This is a stick-up. Keep your mouth shut and you might not get hurt. Might. That's what he said. Mm -hmm.
3: What happened then? Told both Claude and me to come out from behind the counter. Said for us to lay down on the floor. Yeah. We did like he said, you know. There was
1: just something about that kid, so you had to go his way.
3: Mm -hmm. He made us lay down right there, where Claude is now, on our stomachs. Yeah, what happened then? Went over and took the money out of the cash register. Then he really got sore. I thought he was going to explode. Why, do you know? Wasn't much for him to take, only about $20, $25. Guess he expected more. I see. He come over to where me and Claude were on the floor, told us to take the money out of our pocket, stood there with
1: a gun pointed right at us. He was mad. Mm -hmm. He did what he said. You just bet we did. I only had about six bucks on me. Gave it right to him, though. Yeah. That's when Anita here
3: come into the store. Just walked in, like a rabbit into a fox's trap.
7: Jack, I didn't have any idea what was going on.
1: Couldn't you see through the door?
7: Guess I should have, but it was raining so hard I didn't take the time.
1: Glass was kind of steamed up, too. Made it tough to
3: look in. I see. What happened when the hold-up man saw you?
7: He told me to keep my mouth shut, not to make a sound and get down on the floor.
3: Just like us? Mm Mm-hmm.
7: He grabbed my purse and took the wallet out, went through it and took the money. How much was it? Just a couple of dollars. I came over to get a bottle of wine and I only took what I needed.
1: All right, you want to go on? He started on Claude, told him to empty his pockets. Yeah. Claude didn't take too kindly to the way this fellow was acting. If he'd just come in and taken the money, it might have been different. But Claude don't like to be shoved around. Yeah. He did like the kid told him, though,
3: emptied his pockets right out. I see, sir. Well, you'd just figure the man was real sore when
1: he saw how much money he was going to get. Yeah. You see, Claude don't work. He's got some kind of pension. All alone in the world, he usually don't have much money. Main reason he
3: comes over to play cards. He ain't got nothing else to do. And it's free. Mm -hmm. How much do you have on him tonight? 37 cents. Kid saw that. I thought, sure, he's going to kill us all.
5: He sure acted like it.
3: Then he figured maybe Claude was holding out on him. Told him to turn his pockets inside
7: out. He did like he was told.
1: Yeah. When he did, something fell out of his pocket. A coin hit the floor and rolled around. Disappeared under the counter over there. The
7: man with a gun saw it and got real mad. Said Claude tried to get away with something him to go pick up the
1: coin. Claude told him if he wanted it that bad, he could get it himself. Yeah. The fella just looked at Claude for a minute and then put the gun right against his
3: head. Right here, see? Didn't say a word. Just pulled the trigger. He was crazy. No reason for it. Claude must have been dead when he hit the floor.
8: Just
4: brutal.
3: What did he do then? Ran outside. Did you try and follow him? No, sir. Me and Anita were trying to see if there was anything we could do for Claude. Did the man get into a car, do you know? I didn't see. Might have, but I didn't see it. Did you hear a car? No. Uh Have you ever seen the man around here before? Not that I remember. A lot of people go by the door. Hard to pick one, make it stand out. You'd know him again if you saw him, though, would you?
4: I think so. I would. Ma'am?
7: Never forget the way he looked at me. Like some kind of animal. I see. Something about his eyes. He looked crazy, real wild.
3: Well, how do you mean that?
7: Well, he wasn't looking right at us. Like there was somebody standing behind me. He was looking at them. He couldn't focus, you know.
3: I know what you mean. Say, hey, did you see the coin that Langford dropped? No,
4: just heard it hit the floor.
3: Uh-huh. Find it? I think so. Look, it doesn't make much sense. Take a look at it. Yeah. what is it? Streetcar token. <laughs> from the crime lab arrived and photographed the store. Diagrams were made showing the position of the body and the premises were checked thoroughly. The victims were taken to the city hall to check the mug book. They were unable to make an identification. The canvas was started at the immediate area in the hope that we might be able to turn up a witness to the shooting. One of the uniformed officers talked to a newsboy who had seen a man run from the liquor store. Frank and I went down to talk to him.
9: Yeah I saw him I heard this noise like a backfire and then this fellow came out of the store and started to run down the street. Did you get a good look at him? No, he went down that way, away from me. You
3: see if he got into a car?
9: No, he ran around the corner.
3: I didn't think a lot about it till after the whole thing was over. Could you describe him for us? No, I just got a look at his back. Nothing about that that'd stand out. Uh huh. Might talk to that girl though. What girl?
4: Well, when the fellow ran out of the store, he almost knocked her
3: down. Ran right by her. You know who she is? Not right out. I sure feel like I do. What do you mean? I see her every week. Where's that?
4: Home every Saturday night. What's that? She's on television.
3: From the witness, we got the time of day of the television show. We contacted the network and obtained the information that the girl's name was Betty Martin. They went on to tell us that she was working in a nightclub in Beverly Hills. Frank and I drove out to see her. She was sitting at a table talking to some people, and we asked the waiter to tell her we'd like to see her.
8: Hello, you want to see me?
3: Yes, ma'am. Would you sit down,
8: please? Yeah. Thank
3: you. Here, I'll get that chair for you.
8: What can I do for you?
3: We're police officers, Miss Martin. This is Frank Smith. My name's Friday. How do you do? Hello. We understand that you're in the area of 14th and Flower tonight, is that right?
8: That's right. Why? Well,
3: there was a hold-up and shooting down there. It's possible that you might have seen the man who did it.
8: Well, I don't think so. My manager and I went down there to listen to a group that's playing, but as far as I know, I didn't see anybody else. Oh, excuse me. I'll be right back. Uh, if you wait until I'm finished, I'll tell you what I can.
3: Well, it's rather important, Miss Martin. We'll wait.
8: Well, so my job. I'll do one song, and then I'll be back. Right. Thank you. Excuse me. Mm-hmm.
3: A pretty
8: song. Oh, thank you very much. It's a new song written by a fellow named Arthur Hamilton.
3: Yeah, very nice.
8: Now, what's this about a man I'm supposed to have seen?
3: Well, we told you there was a shooting at 14th and Flower. Uh-huh. Well, one of the people in the neighborhood recognized you, and he tells us that the suspect ran right by you. Is that right?
8: Gee, I don't remember. Um, just a minute. Oh, now I remember. Yeah, he ran out of the store, almost knocked me down, didn't even stop to say anything. Oh,
3: did you get a good look at him?
8: Well, he ran into me.
3: Mm. Can you tell us anything about him?
8: Well, I'm afraid not. I, I didn't pay any attention. Something that happens and you don't think about it, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Would well, you know the man if you saw him again?
8: I don't think so. The whole thing happened so fast.
3: Mm-hmm. There's nothing about him that you remember?
8: No, unless it was his eyes. Ma'am? Well, his eyes. Like like he was looking right through you.
3: p.m., Frank and I went back downtown. The search for the killer had spread throughout the city. Additional units from all divisions were called in to help. From the description given us by the victims and witnesses, it appeared more than likely that the suspect was a narcotics user. If this was true, it was more than possible that he'd cut down anybody who got in his way. Frank and I contacted the office and talked to Captain Donahoe. He'd taken over the search for the gunman. Because it was impossible to cover all of the liquor stores in the area, it was decided to ask the owners to close. Frank and I were assigned to places along Vermont Avenue. The first six stores we contacted cooperated. By the time we got to the seventh, the rain had stopped. We parked the car in front of the place and walked in. At first, there was no one in sight, but then in the storeroom, we found the owner. He was lying on the floor, his head buried in his arms.
4: You go away. Leave me alone. You all right? I am now. I want to stay that way. Now, you get out of here. Look, we're police
3: officers. What's the matter with
4: you? Now, don't try that with me. I know who you are. You got all the money. There's no more to take. Come on.
3: This is no joke, fella.
4: Now, listen.
9: I remember what you said. I ain't going to get up from here for another two minutes. I can see my watch. i still got
4: two minutes.
3: Come on. Get your head up from the floor. You can see this card. Huh? It's an identification card here. See it? Are you sure? Well, you're looking at it.
1: Now, look, if this is a joke, I'm not going to like it.
3: Come on, come on. Don't worry about it. Now, get up.
9: Come on. Well, it's about time you got here. It's a terrible thing when a man's robbed in his own store and nobody's going to take the time to protect him. You were held up tonight? Yes, sir. Not more than three minutes ago, guy left. He told me to stay where I was for five minutes.
3: What would he look like? Huh? The man who held you up. Can you describe him for us?
9: Yeah, young kid, just out of his teens, roaming around the streets, threatening citizens. You cops ought to do something about it.
3: What would he look like?
9: Well, he was dark, black hair, black eyes. Wildest looking eyes you ever saw. One look at him, and you know he meant what he said. Stay put, and I did. I'll call him. All right. What's he going to do?
3: Put out a broadcast. For the holdup man. That's it. Well, I don't want to tell you your business, but it sure seems like a waste of time. What's that? Well, if he hears it, he ain't going to give himself up. The broadcast was put out to all units. From the description given by the victim, we were sure it was the suspect. All of the cars on the perimeter of the search area were drawn in, and the entire vicinity was surrounded. It took a little over 20 minutes to get the cars into position. Frank talked with Captain Donahoe at the corner of Vermont Avenue and Beverly Boulevard. After the meeting, he came back to the car. It. Yeah. Area secure. Are they trying to nail him down? No. They figure to keep the area surrounded, wait for morning, and then move in. You think he's still here? We'll know in three hours. The preliminary search of the neighborhood netted nothing, and the area was secured for the night. The rain kept up. All officers involved in the operation were kept on duty. At 6.20 a.m., the circle began to tighten. House by house, the space where the killer could be hiding was eliminated. All cars into and out of the area were stopped and searched. 7.15 a.m., the perimeter began to narrow. At 8.46 a.m., a call went out to all units.
7: All units on special detail in the vicinity of Vermont Avenue and Beverly Boulevard. Regarding the suspect wanted for murder, possible suspect believed to be in the vicinity of Vermont and Catalina Street. Attention all units. Special detail regarding the suspect wanted for murder. Possible suspect believed to be in the vicinity of Catalina Street and Vermont Avenue.
3: That's us. Yeah, be a break if it's him, all right.
7: All units on special detail in the vicinity of Vermont Avenue and Beverly Boulevard. Regarding the suspect wanted for murder. Possible suspect believed to be in the vicinity of Vermont and Catalina Street. Attention all units, special detail. Regarding the suspect, wanted for murder. Possible suspect believed to be in the vicinity of Catalina
3: Sure doesn't make sense. Why do you kill a man for a streetcar token? According to the report received by the complaint board, a woman in the vicinity had seen someone run through her backyard. When she shouted at the person, he continued running and disappeared into the alley. All cars in the area converged, and a complete search was started. As time went on, the possible hiding places narrowed, and finally the suspect was left with less than a block in which to conceal himself. Frank and I joined the officers on foot. After 20 minutes, we found ourselves in the backyard of one of the houses on the street. Looks like a chicken house back there. Better check it, huh? Yeah. All right. You got it covered? Yeah.
1: Joe, sir.
3: Come on out. Keep your hands where
4: we can see him. Don't shoot now, huh? please. Don't shoot.
3: I give up. Stand still.
4: Right where you are. I, I'm doing like you say. Don't shoot. All right. Get up against that wall. Come
3: on. Put your hands up there. On the wall. Thirty-eight revolver. Had to given it to you. I don't want any trouble. Always works out that way, doesn't it? What do you mean? Well, you guys are big. As long as you're holding the gun, as
9: soon as somebody else has got it, you fall apart, don't you? I don't want no lectures, cop. Just take me in. That's all you got to do. Take me in and make a book.
4: We'll do that. We'll end up on a limb anyway. You got nothing to hold me on. That's so? all. Yeah, I've been around cops a long time. I learned it the hard way. Don't tell them nothing. That's the way to make it. Don't tell them nothing. Well, you missed one of the big points. Huh?
3: This gun you were carrying. Yeah. Maybe that'll tell us. The suspect was taken to the city hall. He was mugged and fingerprinted. From his prints, we identified him as Max Hanford. He had a record listing several arrests for violation of the State Narcotic Act and two counts robbery. However, he'd never served time on any of the charges. We talked to him for an hour without result. 10.40 a.m. Why don't you leave me alone? I got nothing for you guys. Well, you keep believing it. We got people coming in who are going to lay it on you. For what? 211 and murder. You're out of your mind. We got you made on all counts, any way you slice it. You're on the needle, cop. Is that so?
9: Yeah, you got one beef on me. Most you can tag me for stealing chickens.
3: You sit down and try to think what a judge is going to say when you read that awesome court. All right, Hanford, you keep that smile on your face. You go right on believing that we can't press a charge that'll stick. Now, we got a half a dozen people on the way in here. They'll point you out in a crowd as soon as they do, we'll drop you in a cell and hold you ISO. Won't be long till that yen gets so big you'll be yelling for us to turn you loose. You got it all figured, haven't you? That's right, right down the line. You're a hype. You're hooked, and you're hooked bad. Everything's working for us. You go through the cure, and you'll tell us what we want to know, and you'll be glad you got the chance to talk. We don't need your help. We're home free without you. You keep up the way you're acting, see how far it gets you.
4: You really figure you can box me in?
3: Without a door. When'd you call the people? What's that? To point me out. A little while ago. Well, can you get them before they leave home? Why? No reason for him to make a trip. I'll give it to you. You want a stenographer? Might as well. I got nothing to lose. I'll give you the story. I'll get him. uh uh-huh. Lousy deal. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't want to kill that fella, you know. Well, why'd you
9: do it? I was high. I just had a pop. I felt like I owned the world. Maybe pretty sure to think the guy was holding out on me. I guess you think that's a pretty bad reason. That's right. People
4: don't understand. You get a bad habit working on you, you do anything to feed it. Is that right?
9: Sure, you let me talk to anybody. Let me tell them what it means to have a supply shut off. I'll tell them what it's like.
4: I don't care who it is. You put me in front of a jury, I'll tell them. Yeah, well, you'll get the chance. Tell them it wasn't my fault I got hooked on this stuff.
3: That's why I did it. I'll tell them. Well, while you're at it, you can tell them something else. What? Why you started taking narcotics.
1: story you have just heard is true.
2: The names were changed to protect the innocent. On February 16th, trial was held in Department 97, Superior Court of the State of California, in and for the County of Los Angeles.
1: Max Gifford Hanford was tried and convicted of murder in the first degree and received sentence as prescribed by law. Because the jury failed to return a recommendation for clemency, he received the maximum sentence and was put to death in the lethal gas chamber at the state penitentiary, San Quentin, California. You have just heard Dragnet, the authentic story of your police force in action and starring Jack Webb.
0: ClickGranger.com, or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Dragnet. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to forgery detail. For the past several months, a man posing as an actor has been passing worthless checks in your city. You've got a description of the suspect, but no lead to his whereabouts. Your job? Get him. <laughs>
2: It was
3: Tuesday, January 10th. It was foggy in Los Angeles. We were working the day watch out of forgery division. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Captain Welsh. My name's Friday. I was on my way back to the office from a cup of coffee. It was 4.12 p.m. when I got to forgery. The squad I told wrote. her to report herself, told her it was her
5: duty as a citizen. It is a duty,
7: isn't it? Yes,
3: ma'am. Hi, Joe. Hi. Uh, Mrs. Neskett, this is my partner, Sergeant Friday. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Neskett? No, Sergeant. Seems Mrs. Neskett's mother got stuck with a bum check, Joe. Mm-hmm. She's a landlady out on Western. Well,
6: not a landlady, exactly. only rents a couple of rooms, more for company than anything. Dad left a plane to get by on. Yes, ma'am. And we'd help her out if it was necessary. Dick and me. Dick's my husband. We'd help her out. Mm-hmm. So far, she's managed pretty well by herself. But if she pulls any more fool stunts like this... Sony has a $3 bill. See right there? No such account. Big as life. Stamps all over it. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand her. I just don't understand her at all.
3: Well, anybody can take a bad check in his nest, no matter how careful they are. Even with good identification, you can be fooled.
6: When they do, they report it, don't they?
3: Well, yes, ma'am, usually.
6: Look at the date. It's way last December, over a month ago. Yeah. Over a month ago, and she hasn't done a thing about it. Didn't intend to either. Didn't even want me to know. Good thing I started early this year. Early, ma'am? When I income tax. That's how I found out about the check. Oh. I used to work in a tax office, so I always make out mother's returns. If I didn't do it, I don't know who could. Doesn't keep any records. Just stubs and a few bills. Well, someday they'll audit her and she'll find out.
3: Well, why didn't your mother report this check herself, you know?
6: You tell me. The man had an honest face. That's about all I can get out of her.
3: How'd she happen to take it?
6: It was supposed to be for his first month's rent. Well, and she's not out of any cash. Sure she's out cash. $20. That's what she's out. He made the check for 70 A month's rent's only 50 not a lot of money, but $20 is $20. Yes, ma'am. There's the principal, too. Yeah. An actor or something like that. Ma'am? The fellow gave it to her. Mother says she remembered his name from the movies. That's how she happened to take the check. I don't see why she'd trust an actor any more than she would somebody else.
2: Can I see that, please? Mm-hmm. Parker Allington. You ever hear of him, Joe?
3: Allington? Uh-huh. Well, I think it sounds familiar. was in pictures when I was a kid, I believe. Huh? As I remember I never cared much for him, though. If it's the same guy, the parts he played. What do you mean? Heavies. We ran the name Parker Allington through R&I, and we turned up one package listing a drunk arrest in 1935. We called the Screen Actors Guild to see if they could help locate him. They said they'd check, and they asked us to call back in an hour. 4.30 4.30 p.m. We left the office and drove out to the Western Avenue address Mrs. Nesket had given us. It was a two-story Spanish stucco with a rooms-for-rent sign in the front window. Somebody's coming.
7: Mm-hmm. Yes? Miss Grimp? Yes.
3: We're police officers. This is Frank Smith. My name's Friday.
7: Police officers?
6: That's right, ma'am. Anita. Beg pardon?
7: My daughter, Anita. She sent you. Yes, ma'am. I told her not to. She never does anything I tell her. Never has.
3: Be all right if we come in? Oh,
7: living room's a mess.
3: Don't worry about it, ma'am. And I
7: was just putting away the ornaments from the tree. It was raining last week when I took it down, and I couldn't get out to the garage. Yes, ma'am. I won't press any charges. Well, that's up to you. Not against that poor man, I won't. And you can't force me to press charges.
3: No, ma'am. Suppose you tell us about the check.
7: Hmm. Isn't much to tell.
3: Your daughter says this man, Allington, gave it to you for rent.
7: Here. Let me get that box out of the way so you'll have some place to sit.
3: I'll take care of it, then. All right, I'll
7: put it here? Oh, yes, yes, fine. Thanks.
3: A uh-huh. uh, check was for rent, is that right?
7: That's right. When would you take it? Last month, sometime. A week or so before Christmas. Well, the date's on, it, not it? December 9th. Oh, well, that's what it says.
3: Have you ever seen Allington before? You ever met up with
7: him? Not in person, I may have seen him in pictures, and he said he'd been in a lot of pictures. He seemed familiar.
3: Well, my man, how'd he happen to come here to rent a room?
7: We saw the sign out in front in the window. He was living in a hotel downtown, and it was out this way visiting his
3: Did he mention the name of the hotel?
7: Uh, no, I don't think so.
3: What about the people he was visiting?
7: Well, what about them? Well, did
3: he tell you who they were?
7: If he may have. I couldn't say for sure. Not now.
3: Now, you said he saw the sign. In
7: the window. Yes, ma'am. He came in and asked about the room, but was still for rent. I showed it to him. Upstairs in front, there's a real nice view.
3: He agreed to take it, did he?
7: Straight off, straight off. Said he used to live in a house something like this when he first came to California years ago, when his wife was alive. Sort of reminded him of better times. That's how I put it.
3: And he gave you this check for the first month's rent?
7: Yes. I suppose Anita already told you. He made it out for $20 extra. Why was that? Well, he needed some cash money to hire a cab and move his things out here.
3: And you gave him the cash, hmm?
7: Twenty dollars. I couldn't turn him down. Why not? Well, he just seemed Honest, that's all. You can tell when a person's honest. Yeah, sometimes. And he was so anxious to get the room. He wanted to be all moved in in time for the holidays. He wanted to be with people, I suppose. Oh, I felt sorry for him.
3: Did you ask for any identification?
7: Oh, now, there wasn't any reason. I recognized his name. Besides, he was going to be living here. If there wasn't anything wrong with his check, he'd be around to make it right. And you never heard from him again? Now, that doesn't mean he was trying to cheat me.
3: Well, it looks that way, ma'am.
7: Now, you folks are policemen. It's your job to suspect people of being crooked, and I don't blame you. Your job. Yes, ma'am. Twenty dollars?
3: Ma'am.
7: Twenty dollars. Is that reason to throw a man like Mr. Ellington in jail?
3: Well, it might be more than twenty
7: dollars. Well, that's all I gave him, don't you believe me?
3: Yes, ma'am. This man has passed quite a few checks.
7: I told you before, I won't press charges. Yes, ma'am, you told us. You don't understand. He didn't mean any harm. You
3: sure about that, Ms. Crump?
7: I'm a pretty good judge of human nature. I ought to be by now. Yes, ma'am. He's had lots of troubles. He's talented. Mm-hmm. Lots of trouble. An actor like him probably pulled down a fancy salary and never had any worries. Now, it's all gone. All his money, his wife, everything. Well, if he'd never been rich, it wouldn't be so hard. You don't miss something you've never had. Yeah. If you're finished with me, I'd like to get on with my
3: housework. Mind if we use your phone?
7: Oh, it's in the hall. I'll show you. That's all right. I'll find Thank you.
3: You know, I didn't mean any offense, Mrs. Grant.
7: Oh, I suppose it's just your job. Is there some cookies there while you wait? Oh, I'd like
1: to, but
7: no. You're homemade. very good, aren't
1: you? But, uh, go on. Go on. Breckhardt, please. I'll wait if you don't
3: mind. Thank you. Hello, Miss Breckhardt. This is Sergeant Friday. I spoke to you a little while ago about Parker Allington. Yeah, that's right. You asked me to call back. Uh-huh. When was that? Oh, I see. Yes, it certainly does. You bet. Thank you very much. Right. Goodbye. I remember this
7: guy when I was a kid. My mom used to make it for Christmas. Oh, well, maybe you'd like to take a few home with you. I've got plenty extra.
3: Oh, well, thanks, anyway. They wouldn't let me inside the front door if I showed up with an armload of cookies. <laughs> you ready, Joe? Yeah. We'd like you to come with us, Miss Krim.
7: Me? Well, what on earth for?
3: I want to see if you can identify the man who gave you that check.
7: You've already arrested him?
3: No, ma'am.
7: Well, I don't understand.
3: Well, we want to show you some mug shots, some photographs.
7: You want me to pick out Mr. Allington's pictures? If he can. Now, that's it. You don't need me for that. The studios must have pictures of him and the newspapers. Why, that's downright silly.
3: It wasn't Allington, man. What? The fellow who passed that check. What'd you find out? Allington died three years ago. Miss <laughs> Breckhardt at the Screen Actors Guild had checked with a motion picture relief home. They reported that Allington had lived there from 1949 until a heart attack caused his death several years later we managed to convince Mrs. Crimp that she'd been taken by a professional swindler. Down the city hall, we showed her mug shots of known bad check artists.
7: No, that's not him. Oh, how about this one? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure not. That's not him either. He's older.
3: Well, the picture might be out of
7: date. Even so.
3: Well, that's it. Well, Miss Crimp. Yes? Could you describe him for us?
7: Well, he was medium-sized little taller than you are, maybe. Yeah.
3: How old would you say he was?
7: Oh, about my... any sixties. Right here? That's right.
3: Any marks or scars?
7: No, not that I noticed. How about his eyes? Beg pardon? What color were his eyes? Well, I couldn't say. He was only there for a few minutes. Yes, ma'am, I he just seemed like an average man. For his age, gentleman, nice-looking, sort of distinguished.
2: Anything else about
3: him?
7: No, except for his expression. What do you mean? He was kind of sad, unhappy. Like he'd been through a lot. Yes, that won't help you, though. It might. Is that all?
3: Yes, ma'am. We'll take uh, you home now.
7: Uh, officer. Yes,
3: ma'am.
7: Would you mind doing me a favor? I'd appreciate it.
3: What is it, Miss
7: Cripp? Don't tell my daughter about all this. I mean that it wasn't Mr. Allington, That I let somebody trick me. She'd say it proves that I'm not able to take care of myself. I'd never hear the end of it. She treats me like a child, as it is. Now, you don't have to tell her, do you? No, ma'am. I'd sure appreciate it. Not that she doesn't have my best interests at heart, but nobody likes to be criticized all the time, especially by their own flesh and blood. Uh, You got any children, Sergeant? No, ma'am. Well, then you don't understand how I feel. Yes, ma'am, maybe I do. You couldn't.
3: drove Ms. Crimp to her home, and then we checked out for the night. By the end of the week, two more landladies in the Western Avenue area had reported receiving bad checks from a man who claimed to be Parker Allington. Their stories tallied almost word for word with what Ms. Crimp had told us. January 13th, 4.45 p.m., Frank and I checked back into the office after an interview with one of the victims. You'd think that guy would wise up. Can't go on using a dead actor's name forever. Somebody's going to catch on. Only well, haven't so far. Well, sooner or later. I you are on a diet. Huh? I thought you are on a diet. Well, Joe, i got to keep up my strength. Yeah. A person needs a certain amount of sugar, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not so high on calories. read an article the other day. A teaspoonful of sugar, only 35 calories. Have you lost any weight yet? No, I'm all of my own. You haven't lost any, though.
2: No,
3: I don't want to get thin, Joe. Just sort of uh, watching it, that's all. Mm-hmm. Forgery Friday. Yes, ma'am, this is the right extension. Could you speak up a little, please? I can't hear you. Now just a minute. All right, go ahead, please. That's 2238. Yes, ma'am, I have it. Yes, ma'am, right away. Well, looks like you had it figured. How come? Somebody did catch on. A woman over near Los Velas Boulevard. Yeah? The fellow's trying to give her a phony check. Trying? Yeah, he's still there. and I drove out to a side street just south of Los Feliz Boulevard. It took us 20 minutes to get to the house. When we pulled up in front of the place, a lady was standing on the porch. She spotted our car and walked down the steps.
5: You the policeman?
3: Yes, ma'am. My name's Friday. This is Frank Smith.
5: Hello, How are how you doing, ma'am? You certainly didn't hurry.
3: Well, the traffic's kind of heavy this time of day.
5: Well, why didn't you use your siren?
3: We didn't want to scare him off.
5: Well, it's too late for that. He left about 10, 15 minutes ago. Oh, I'm Daisy I Suppose you need that name for your records.
3: Yes, Mrs. Willikers.
5: Not Mrs. Oh.
3: You see which way he went.
5: He took a bus on the corner, probably in Hollywood by now.
3: Well, Why did he leave in such a rush? Do you know.
5: He got suspicious. Might have heard my phone call. I had to talk so loud to make you understand me. I tried to keep him here as long as I could. I did my best. You can't ask more than that. No, ma'am, Well, you might as well come inside. Suppose you want a full report. That's the regular procedure, isn't it?
3: Are you familiar with police procedure? Are
5: you? I watched on television. Go to the movies. They got it all down pat. Yes, ma'am. Well, he came up to my door. Oh, must have been an hour ago by now. At least an hour. Yes, ma'am. Asked if I had a room for rent. I told him that's what the sign said. He just laughed, like he thought I'd been making a joke. Didn't know I was serious.
3: You show him the room?
5: Well, I tried to. He hardly even glanced at it. Then he said this was exactly what he'd been looking for. That's when I first began wondering about him.
3: What else did he say?
5: That he used to live in a house like this when he was a little boy back east, and that it reminded him of home. I figured he was softening me up to get me to lower the rent. Well, too, can play at that game. Yes,
1: ma'am. What did
3: you do?
5: Well, I opted $10. Room's not worth a cent over 45 I asked $55. mm hmm That way I'd be able to come down when he started playing on my sympathies. Wouldn't be out anything either.
2: Yeah.
5: Didn't bat an eye when I told him it was 55 Said he'd take it, just like that. I knew right away something was wrong. What happened then? Well, we came downstairs into the living room here. Go ahead, please. Well, I said I wanted the first month's rent in advance. A lot of them try to pay you by the week. Before you can turn around, they're behind. Takes forever to get rid of them once they're moved in. I always insist on a full month. Yes, ma'am. Well, didn't Brad and I have that either. Brought out a checkbook.
3: Now, did he ask if he could make it for a little extra? How'd you know? Well, he's been around before.
5: Twenty-five extra. That's what he wanted. If he'd been around so long, why haven't you picked him up?
3: Well, we're trying, ma'am.
5: A few minutes earlier this afternoon, you'd solve the whole case.
3: Well, we're just as anxious to solve it as you are, Miss Wilkers. Did you
2: say why I needed the extra cash, ma'am?
5: It was about cab fare to get his things out here.
2: That's a lot of cab fare. Isn't that's
5: it? my old word, right to his face, exactly what I said. He said he'd have to clear up his hotel bill, too. Claimed they wouldn't take a check if he was moving. And that's when you called us. Of course not. Didn't call you until I was sure the check was no good. Not that I would have cashed it. But there's no point in running to the police until he got the facts to back you up.
3: Mm-hmm. What made you so sure it was phony?
5: Well, the way he signed it. What do you mean? Parker Allington.
3: You knew he wasn't Allington.
5: Well, how could he be? Allington's dead. You didn't know he was dead? Yes, ma'am, we knew it. Well, then.
3: Miss Wilkerson, are you connected with show
5: business? I follow it, that's all. Oh, I don't spend all my time reading movie magazines or anything like that. But I keep up with what's going on in the field. Do you know Allington was on television last night?
3: What's that?
5: The Late Show. Picture must have been at least 20 years old. He played the villain. Did a good job considering it was 20 years ago. Gives you a funny feeling, though, watching somebody who isn't here anymore.
3: Yes, ma'am. Now, as soon as you saw the name Allington on the check, you realized the guy was a phony and called us. Is that right?
5: Well, approximately. Approximately. Well, I told him I didn't know if I had the cash in the house. Said I'd have to go upstairs and make sure. I got an extension phone up there. I see. Then I telephoned you.
3: Uh-huh. One more thing, Miss Walters. Well? We've got a description, but it's rather vague. Description? Yes, but this guy's been passing himself off as Allington.
5: Oh.
3: All we know is his medium-sized gray hair and fairly well-dressed.
5: Well, that's about right.
3: But it's not very specific. Can you add anything?
5: You mean you want to know who he is? That's right. Wilbur French. Who's that? He used to play bit parts in pictures. Yeah. I recognized him the minute he came through the door.
3: Miss <laughs> Wilkers insisted her identification of the check forger was correct. We drove back to the office, checked the name Wilbur French through R&I. We had nothing on him. I telephoned Miss Breckhart at the SAG. She reported that French was a member in bad standing, two years delinquent in his dues. She had no address listed for him, but she was able to tell us that the last company he had worked for was a small TV outfit on Santa Monica Boulevard. She also told us that his file showed that he was last represented by a Paul Pilcher, an agent with officers on Sunset. January 14th, 9.35 a.m. I dropped Frank off at the Santa Monica TV company, and I drove on out to interview Pilcher. Yes,
7: sir? What can I do for you?
3: I'd like to see Mr. Pilcher. Are you a client? Police officer. My name's Friday. Oh. Mr. Pilcher in. Not yet. Expecting?
7: Well, I don't know when exactly. Sometimes he plays tennis on Saturday mornings before he comes to the office. I see. But he'll be in. He's closing a deal with TRC. Oh. That's a studio, a new company just getting started. I see. Would you like to look at the trades while you're waiting? Yesterday's. They don't come out on Saturday. Well, thank you very much. Um, Mr. Pilcher in some kind of trouble?
3: Not as far as I know, no.
7: That's a relief. Mr. Pilcher's office. I'm sorry he hasn't come in yet. Any minute. Would you like me to have him call you? I see. Well, if you'll try again in about 15 minutes, he ought to be here. Bye. Morning, Mr. Pilcher. Good morning. This gentleman's waiting to see you. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Brogan's office call. They'll call back. Mr. Brogan's getting shaved.
3: Yeah, all right. I'm a police officer. My name's Friday. Police? That's right. What can I do for you? Like talking for a minute?
9: All right, come on inside. Sit down.
3: Thank you. Want a cigarette? Yeah, thank you. Here's the liner. Never mind, I have a match here. Well? You handle an actor named Wilbur French, Mr. Pilcher? French? That's right. No, no, I don't handle him. He used to be his agent, didn't you? Oh, a couple of years ago, not anymore. Oh? What's he done? Could you tell me where I could find him? I wouldn't have any idea. Don't think he's had much work lately. At least I haven't heard about him working. What was his last address? Oh, you come to the wrong man. Well, the last address that you have for him, by the way. I don't keep addresses of actors after they leave me. Well, why did they leave
9: you? Usual reason, no work. Pretty bad as an icon. Excuse me, huh? Yes? I'll put him on. Hello, George. How are you? Glad to hear it. And Mabel? Oh, that's a shame. Seems to be a lot of it going around this time of year. Well, what about Harvey? You make up your mind? Uh huh. I sure don't agree with you there, George. He didn't look too old to the test. So he's been in the business a few years. You can't hold that against him. What do you mean a new face? You'll bring out somebody from New York who's been on television a hundred times. There won't be anything new about his face. Look, I'm not trying to tell you your business. I'm just trying to set a good actor in the right part. I'll be through soon, Mr. Friday. Yeah. That's more like it, George. Now, how many weeks work? No, no, George, I've read the script. Davis can't shoot that many scenes in two weeks. $1,200 a week, four-week guarantee. Fletcher paid him $1,200 last fall. Go ahead and check. Look, George, if I was a Beverly Hills agent, you know what Harvey cost you? Well, I'm not going to argue with about it. You call Fletcher. He'll tell you what he paid Harvey. I'll be here till noon if you want to make a deal. Bye. Sorry to be so long. Sure.
3: Any suggestions on how I might get in touch with French? Screen actors, Gil. Well, they sent me here. Oh. Well, what's he done? We'd rather talk to him.
9: Well, the last time I saw him, he touched me for ten bucks. Where was that? I bumped into him on the street. Is it serious? It's just a routine
3: investigation. Thanks very much, Miss Pilger. Ah. Uh, oh, uh, wait a minute. Yes, sir?
9: I suppose I could turn him up. Be a dirty trick,
4: though.
9: I don't know why. Well, maybe it's my fault that he's in trouble. I didn't get him enough work. Now I hand him over to you. Makes me a heel, doesn't it? Well, you might be doing him a favor. Well, he won't think so. You said you didn't know where he lived. Well, I don't. Well, how will you find out? Spread the word around that I got a job for him. He'll hear about it. I see. He'll turn up. All right, sir. Leave your number. When I hear from French, I'll get in touch with you. Thank you. I still feel like a heel.
3: Well, you shouldn't. You called the turn on him. Mm-hmm. He's a bad actor. I left Pilcher's office and picked up Frank. The TV company had given him a still photo from the last production in which French had appeared. Two of the Czech victims readily identified the man in the picture. The third victim was also certain it was the same person who had posed as Allington. January 16th, 3.32 p.m., Paul Pilcher telephoned the office. He told us French was living at a hotel in Hollywood on Selma Avenue. When we got there, the desk clerk said French was in his room, 17B. This is that. Yeah. Who is it? I'd like to talk to you, French. Just a minute. Yeah? We're police officers. Like that? Questions. Downtown.
4: What is this? A gag? No, it's no gag. Well, anybody can get hold of a badge. Who sent you? Mike? Sammy? Come on, let's go first. Knock it off. I've been in too many pictures. I can tell actors from cops. You ever hear of Parker Allington? Yeah, I've heard of him. Worked with him in pictures, used to be friends.
2: I'd give you the right to sign his name. Hmm?
4: On bad checks. Now look, boys, I know why they sent you. I told Mike I got a call this morning about a job. It'd be just like him to pick a time like this. <laughs>
3: Some practical joker, isn't he? No, it won't work, French. What? Come on. You know who we are and why we're here. Let's go.
4: It's one of Mike's gangs. Yeah, well,
3: three landladies say different.
4: Oh. You
3: want to get your coat? It was only a few bucks. It was enough. How'd you tumble? One of the landladies knew Allington was dead.
4: I never figured he was that famous.
2: She knew you, too.
4: Me? That's right. Couldn't have known I was living here. Who told you? Come on, let's go. Pilcher. That's why one's get in touch with me. I should have figured it wasn't about a job. Pilcher, wasn't it? Come on. Some agent couldn't land a job if your life depended on it. Five years, over five years, I was signed with him. Never had a decent booking. Nothing that lasted. A couple of days here and there. Nothing that lasted. Well, don't you worry about it. Huh? This one will.
2: Carl Flicker, also known as Wilbur French, was found guilty on three felony warrants charging forgery. He was sentenced to the state prison as prescribed by Section 470 of the California Penal Code for a period of 1 to
0: 14 years. Dragnet is a... Thanks for joining us for 1001 Radio Days, your home for Golden Age Radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews. And they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon.